Um, thank you for the invitation um, from Reimagine Church of the Nazarene in Brooklyn. We bring greetings with my husband, Pastor Brenton. We co-pastor. Our service yesterday looked a lot like this. It was our praise team and us, our technicians, and the Spirit of God moved. It broke out in that place, and we expect God to do great and mighty things today. I believe that if you're watching today, that if you're in the room today that God has a word for you. So why don't we jump in? Father, I pray that even now in the name of Jesus, that you would hide me behind the cross, God. That you would give me the boldness and the unction to speak your word, God, the way you want it to, God. Father, remove self, remove me, God. May your people not hear me. May they not see me, God. May your glory descend in this place, God. May your Shekinah glory show up, God. May you receive the hallelujah that was sung today about God. Father, may you be blessed, God, and may you move like never before. God, it's a privilege and an honor, one that we don't take lightly, God. So, Father, because you're a good, good Father, speak to your people today who is in need of a word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. So I'm a principal, I'm an educator by nature. I'm a, I was a teacher for 14 years, so in my preaching style, I like to teach a lot. I believe that the people of God, when you listen to a sermon, need to walk away with something to study, something that makes you think, something that makes you reflect, but also something that reveals God and points you to the cross each and every single time. So if you don't mind today, if you have a pen or pencil, grab it. I'm going to throw some facts. I'm going to throw some history. I'm going to throw some context at you. I'm going to give you some information and I'm going to ask you to rock with me today. I'm a little unconventional. I'm going to try to behave today because I'm not at home, but know that God is in it all. He is the head of my life and he has never let me wrong. I want to thank you guys for reading the scripture. You read the whole thing, uh, but we're going to be focusing on 1 through 14. I thank you because that means that I don't have to read it. In the 30 minutes that I've been given, I tried very hard to stick to time. So we read about Naaman. And I want to give you some historical context about Naaman. Naaman is a Gentile. He's the commander of an army often hostile to Israel. Yahweh, meaning the God of Israel, has blessed Naaman, this Gentile, with victories. And in this, it's quite possible that some of his victory has come as at the expense of Israel itself. So here is the God of Israel blessing this man that's a Gentile and causing him to win over Israel, God's people. His position and his success made him a great and honorable man. And personally, he was a mighty man of valor. God didn't give that title lightly. He only gave it about five times in the Bible to Jehoshaphat and to David and to two other people. So to be called a man of valor meant a lot. And here was this Gentile being called a man of valor. 
You see, the children of Israel, as many of us already know, was the people of God, and they were given great honor in the Old and New Testament. They were distinguished. They were the Jews and the Gentiles. However, I need us to understand that from the very beginning, God provided provisions for the Gentiles always. From the beginning of time, he never left them. The Torah includes a number of provision to protect aliens living among the Israels. Exodus 20, go and read it. Exodus 22, uh, Exodus 23. Israels were to love the Gentiles as himself. That's Leviticus 19, 33 to 34. And when the Israel harvest, when they went and they picked their fields, they were supposed to leave in the field for the poor and for the foreigners. Leviticus 19.10. In his sermon in the Nazareth synagogue, Jesus will remind the people, therefore aroused in their anger, that God favored a widow, a Gentile, over Israel. And that God favored Naaman, a Gentile, with leprosy. Luke 4, 27 and 30. The commander of the army, because though the Lord had given Amram great victory, but, the, but through Naaman was a great warrior, but he suffered leprosy. There's this word in our vocabulary that we like to use um, when I was young or back in the day. It's uh, oxymoronic. Anybody know it? Oxymoronic. Raise your hand. Drop it in the chat. You know, put amen to it. Oxymoronic really means that it's opposites that shouldn't go together, but we use them together. For example, act normally. Amazingly awful. Bitter, sweet, clearly confused, <laughs> deafening, silenced, definitely, maybe. There are things that don't normally go together, and Naaman's name means pleasant, sweet, delightful, beautiful. But there was nothing beautiful about Naaman's condition. His position, he was admired by the king. He was a commander of the army. He was a great man. He was consider in considerable standing, but he was a leopard. Oxymoronic. But we don't really fully understand what that meant until we can fully understand what leprosy was. You see, back in the day, Leprosy was referred at any number of skin diseases, diseases, some of which were quite serious and others less serious. The details of law dealing with leprosy is found in Leviticus 13 through 14, giving us a clear idea of how seriously people took this disease. The effects of the body... Ancient leprosy began in small red dots on your skin. Before long, the spots grew bigger and started turning white. And all sorts of scaliness appeared on your skin. 
pretty soon the spots would spread all over your body. Your hair would begin to fall out, first from the head, then from the eyebrows. As it got worse, your fingernails and toenails became loose. They would start to rot and eventually fall off. Are you guys getting the picture? The joints of your fingers and toes would hurt so badly and would fall off into pieces, piece by piece by piece. Your gums would begin to shrink in your mouth and they couldn't hold your teeth and they would begin to fall out of your mouth. Leprosy kept eating away at your face until literally your nose will fall off, your eyes would rot and the victims would waste away. oxymoronic commander in chief what a leper you see leopards weren't treated very nicely back then Jewish law says that a leopard had to worn torn clothes had to shave um, hair, wear his hair out loose and he should cover his upper lip and cry unclean unclean that he should dwell alone outside of the camp lepers were considered to be a punishment of sin from God but here's the interesting thing y'all Naaman wasn't a Jew he wasn't an Israelite and therefore he wasn't subject to the law of Leviticus isn't it amazing that you could have the same condition as someone else and be treated completely different based on the group of people you're around listen this in my church so I could say what, what some may not be able to say. Churches today, you know, before the pandemic, young adults were really struggling as a whole to be in church, period. Because of the fact that they saw different treatment of different groups of people. When they went to ch the world, the world accepts them for who they are, for what they are, no questions asked, right? But when they come to church, they're shunned. They have to come a certain way, look a certain way, act a certain way, speak a certain way. Now, I'm not telling the church to accept any and everything that's not godly. But why was naming? treated so differently in his home country than the way a leopard in Israel would have been treated. You see, Naaman saw himself as being small because he had leprosy. He saw himself as being not good enough. He was literally hiding day in and day out. And people saw Naaman as this big, strong, strapping man, commander of it all. How do you see yourself? I'm sure Naaman was going through depression as he was wiping his wounds and trying to hide and clean and smell good. I'm sure he had anxiety about people finding out. I'm sure that he struggled. But all the world could see was his perfection. 
It was easy for Naaman to hide because he had on armor. You see, his armor became his hiding place. And for some of us, we are hiding in plain sight. We come to church every Sunday hiding. We're online every Sunday hiding. We're in our groups of friends and people hiding. Others hide by avoiding situations and people. And in the Bible, it teaches us time and time and time again about people who hid. Adam and Eve hid from God in the garden. Jezebel destroyed the prophet of the, 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 uh, the Lord. And Elijah went on the run hiding. David tried to hide his sin with Bathsheba. Ananias and Sapphira tried to hide the money that they received for the land. You see, the church of God has become a hiding place. Matthew 13, 24 and 30, Jesus shared the parable of the wheat and the tears. The problem that we're having today in church is not coronavirus. It's not the fact that we're stuck in homes having to watch on television. The problem in the church today is that we all are wearing armor and masses telling the wheat that so that we can't tell the wheat from the tear. We're hiding in places and not all of us may be looking for healing, but those that are looking for healing can't be honest because we're afraid of being judged. So many of us are hiding in our homes right now. We're hiding behind the screen and behind the camera and on mute right now. We're hiding right now, even though we're in need. We don't leave our houses unless we absolutely have to. We go to work, we go grocery shopping, and then we go home. We're hiding. But the church has an opportunity because the community of believers, there is now a choice. Because not all bad hiding is bad. You see, God hit people. Moses' mom hit him for three months as a baby. God hit Moses again when he asked to see his glory. David, when he was on the run from Saul, he was hiding. That wasn't all bad. But David understood the significance of being hidden by God. He said, you are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with the song of deliverance. Psalms 32. You are my hiding place in my shield. I wait for you for your word. Psalms 119.14. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Psalms 17.8. Psalms 27.5. For the end of time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Not all hiding is bad. Sometimes God removes us and hides us so that he can take care and deal with the issues of life that we're dealing with. But this is what surprised me about the text. That even though Naaman was a leopard, 
even though he was dying slowly, even though he might have been going through so many issues and so many things, Naaman had a safe space. And among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. And one day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master were good see, would go see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him from his leprosy. Naaman had a community around him that supported him and helped him. The wife the servant girl, the king, the male servants that went with him. Church, I came to tell you that it is important to have people around you that you trust. Whether you're in a building or whether you're online today, whether you come physically or you just view online, it's important that you don't forsake the community of trust, that you build a community of trust. Important to be with someone that is trustworthy in your life today. Now, if it wasn't the coronavirus, I would have asked someone to come up and I would have given them a really, really hard object to hold on their own and they would have struggled to hold it and then I would have asked people to come around them and to help them hold the object and I would have given time as we watched the community help hold up this person to hold up the object because I need you to understand the significance of not falling by yourself of not doing it on your own of not going through it on your own that you need a community you need a people that you trust you need a people that can surround you in the time of trouble and Naaman had that so as a leopard, he was able to function in life and succeed in life because of the community that surrounded him. The community that didn't judge him. The community that didn't tell his secret. The community that encouraged him and found solutions to help him. That community. We're going to come back to that. Verse 6 and 7 speaks about the fact that the king sends a letter to another king and says, I need you to heal this, king, this uh, commander, my commander. And the king of Israel reads the letter, tore his clothes and says, am I God? Can I give life? Can I take it away? Why is he sending me this person to heal? I can't see. Is he trying to pick a fight with me? This is important. Because the king thought that he was expected to heal Naaman. Can, can I give the church a, a criticism right now? You see, the problem in, with the church is the same problem that the king of Israel had. We think we're expected to heal and deliver and to save. That, that you come to church and you walk through the doors and the people in here are expected to heal and deliver and save. But the truth of the matter, there are some people that really just can't help you. 
We are the facilitator. God is the source. Our job is to point people to Jesus. People can't help you. People can't help me in them of themselves. Don't make people your God. And most importantly, church of God, don't allow people to make you their God. It doesn't matter how they come in the building, whether they come as a homosexual, whether they come as an adulterer, whether they come as a liar or a thief, whether they come as a murderer. Our job is to accept and to provide a safe space and to give them opportunity and to point them to the cross of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the deliverer, the healer, the savior, the resurrected king, the eternal father of all time. One of the things being in COVID has really allowed us to do our church's name reimagine because we took a step back and realized that God was doing something different and that the people needed something different. You see, they needed a safe space. <laughs> the prophet sent Naaman down to the river to dip himself, right? But here's the thing about the significance of that. In order for Naaman to get healed, he had to expose himself. He had to be willing to take off the armor, to go outside in the light, and to let people see all of his issues. Healing isn't pretty. Healing may not smell good. Healing may not look good. As they come into the church, they may not smell good. They may not look good. They may not have the right church language. They may not holler and shout the way you want them to. They may not know all the Bible verses. But if they're coming as they are, this is the place of healing. You see, century later, Jesus would be walking in the same dirty water, water that Naaman did. He would go under the same dirty water in baptism and come up. And the dove would land on him as a sign that his father in heaven was pleased with him. And Naaman had to expose himself and go under that water and come up again. My question to you today, are we willing to expose ourselves? Are we willing? to expose our struggles? Are we willing to ex be exposed in order to be he healed and to be held accountable? But don't ask me to expose myself if it isn't safe. Don't ask me to expose myself if you're not going to show me love. Don't ask me to show you my struggles. If when I come in here with all my issue, you're going to judge me and talk about me. I want to be healed. I want to be delivered. But I don't want to be judged. Can you love me like Jesus? With all my faults. I came to tell someone today that Jesus wants to be your safe space.
And he wants to provide you a safe space. Can, can I share with you why space, safe space is needed? Since the pandemic, suicide rates in the United States of America has gone up 40%. 12 million adults have thought about committing suicide, came up with a plan of suicide. 3.5 million came up with a plan of suicide. And 1.4 million attempted suicide. This pandemic has us separated from the very thing that we need, community. <laughs> A safe space. It has taken away the very thing that keeps many of our minds intact. The love of our neighbors. The strength of someone to hold us up. But church, I came to challenge you today. Are you a safe space for all? Not some, not the one that look pretty, dress pretty, speaks your language. Are you a safe space for all? Are you a safe space not just spiritually, but emotionally and physically? Many of us are trying to live this life and walk this life by ourselves trying to do it all without Jesus as the source and without a safe space. The truth is we are all messed up and hiding. And I'm going to say that one again. We are all messed up and hiding, if not for Christ. But by the blood of Jesus and the grace of the Holy Spirit, we can be more than conquerors. John 1 and 12 says, but as many as receive him to them, he gives the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. John 1, 16 and 17 said, and of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace for the law has given through Moses but grace and truth comes through Jesus Christ I'm done but God isn't God is calling the church today to be composed of one people who need a safe space people who are struggling who are going through and who are in need of a safe space but then he's also calling the church the body of Christ to be that safe space to be that safe space I don't know what you're going through today but I know a man 
I know a man who knows exactly what you're going through today and who wants to provide and to restore and to give you everything you need in your life today. And his name is Jesus. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And if you want to meet him today, it's real easy. If, if you need restoration today, it's real easy. If you need him to show up in your heart and in your mind today, it's, it's real easy. All you have to do is in, in this moment, right now, at this time, with no whoever is around you, just say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, show up in my life. Jesus, I need a safe space. Show me who I can run to, God. Show me who I can talk to, God. Show me who can lead me and help me in the way I need, God. Show up today. And if you pray that prayer and you said that word, I know that he showed up right now in your house or on the pew or wherever you are today. And I want you to know that like Naaman, that if you are willing to expose it, that God is willing to heal it and to deliver. So Father, even now we thank you for being a good, good father. We thank you, God, that you care about us, God. To the point, God, that it doesn't matter if we're in our house or car or church. God, some of us may be struggling with the effects of COVID right now. We speak healing. That it doesn't matter where we are or in what condition we are, God. That your love transcends it. And that you are able and willing, God, at our call to heal, deliver, provide, set free, show up, and restore. So, Father, we pray today that as your people call on you and trust in you, that you would provide them today with their every need, whether physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially, God. And Father, to that person who feels like they may not be able to go on, that they want to give up, God. Father, I pray that you would put someone in their path. Give them a safe space, God, so that they can share and not be judged. So that we can be a part of a community again. And in the end, God, so that our lives and our hearts would edify and glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray.